we are starting a brand new series today called Letting Go. Very good. Very good. Letting Go. You guys are so smart. How'd you get so smart? Um, But Letting Go. And we're actually taking a portion of Philippians chapter 3. And we're studying this portion of scripture in Philippians chapter 3 for the next four weeks. And so I I was reading this verse. And this one particular verse for this series jumped off the page to me. And you're going to see why here in the next few moments. And then, of course, over the next few weeks. So Philippians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. Uh, If you're taking notes, you want to flip your Bibles there. And our big chunk we're going to be diving into is 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 3. But let me uh, pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts and um, just uh, pray that God would continue to move. I see the jerseys in the house. I love it. If you're online, welcome. Go dogs. And we're going to pray, right? Here we go. Um, So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for each and every soul that is present and listening to the sound of my voice, God. I pray that uh, you would continue to be with the families and the hearts of all of those who were affected through 9-11. God, I pray that we as a nation will come together and unite together to say that, Jesus, you are still on the throne and that you can guide us through what it looks like to walk together. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts here this morning. I pray that our hearts would be open to uh, your leading and your calling, God. And there may be some things that you are calling us to let go of. And because you have something better in store for us. And I pray that you would make that clear, God. Give us clear steps of what that can look like. Uh, God, we, we surrender to you. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. So I'm going to give you the title to my message today is Run to Maturity. Run to Maturity. And we think about that word maturity, right? Uh, It can come with a lot of different ideas. And if we think about just as human beings, we grow, right? We mature. In fact, we would probably even go as far to say uh, things that are healthy grow. Right. If we look at our child, if we look at um, anything, really, uh, when we look at it, it could be a plant. Right. If the plant stops growing, we get concerned. Right. If the if a child stops growing, we, we stop and go, well, what's happening here? Something's not going right. How do we fix this? If their knowledge stops growing. Right. It becomes a flag of going, wait a second. What happens in this moment? And if we look at all of these aspects of life, when growth stops. Right. It's a moment for us to go, wait a second, what's happening here? But if we think about our spiritual life, we think about our relationship with God, and we think about growing to maturity, uh, we can apply some of those same concepts and same ideas because God wants us to constantly be growing in him, growing spiritually. And the Bible uses this phrase maturity, growing to be fully mature in Christ, growing and giving us this idea. But it can be kind of difficult, right? I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things. This is an extremely large collection of books, right? For us to pick through and go, okay, well, where should I focus? What should I do? How do I even grow? What does this look like? And so to help give us some clarity on this, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 3. 
and we're going to look at a few verses uh, that'll help us uh, understand what this should look like. What steps should we take? And then in Second Peter, I'm telling you, you better get excited because Second Peter is such a gem, and I believe it is skipped over time and time again. But there is uh, some extreme clarity in how do we grow to maturity. As believers. And so uh, Philippians chapter 3. And if you know anything about Philippians, you know it was written by the Apostle Paul and he's writing to the church in Philippi. And in fact, most people believe that he wrote this letter from prison. And so this really the uh, the concept of the letter Philippians is centered around joy. And so it's crazy to think that Paul's writing from prison, uh, locked up for sharing the gospel, but yet he's writing a book on joy. And so we see this here in Philippians chapter 3 because he's writing to this church and he's saying, hey, this is what I want you to know. In fact, this is what I want you to focus in on and allow this to be your target as you live your life in Christ. So Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, everybody doing okay? Ready to dive in? Here in verse 12, it says, Not that I have already obtained this, or am I already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal, For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Paul is is kind of breaking this down a little bit. He is saying there's a goal, there's a prize that I am pressing into, right? But not only that, he's saying I want to make it very clear. I have not obtained it yet. I am not perfect. I have a long way to go. And that's the same thing for you and same thing for me, right? I have a long way to go that God is still uh, working in us. God is still uh, helping us to grow into those moments. So as we look at this, he, he gives us an idea. He says, hey, I press on towards the goal. But then he says this, I'm forgetting what lies behind. So that I can press towards and I'm pressing forward toward what's ahead. And if you look at that word, uh, he said, I forget. If you look at that word in the original Greek, it means to neglect. means to, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm going to let this go so that I can keep running forward. And when I read that verse, I was like, God... What, 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 is, what do we need to forget? And we read in the Old Testament all the time, like, remember this, remember who I am. And he's telling people to remember all the time. But then Apostle Paul right here in this moment says, hey, there are some things that you have to let go of. There are some things that you need to forget that are going to hold you back from pressing forward. And a lot of times we can see this in our own lives. And specifically, the Apostle Paul is talking about spiritual maturity in this moment. He's saying, if you want to press forward towards the goal and the prize of growing spiritually mature, he said, what I want you to do is I want to help you to understand this so that you can walk in this moment. And so for you and I, what does that look like? How do we press forward and what is the goal? But in order for us to press forward, a lot of times we have to what? Let go. And the only way that you and I, a lot of times are willing to let go 
is when we know there is a forward progress for you and I of going, okay, I'm letting go because God has something more for me. I'm letting go because God has something better for me in this. And so I want to spend this week uh, talking about what is that goal? What is that prize? Why? I'm basically going to answer the question, why? Why do I need to let go, God? Why am I, why am I here? And why do I need to press forward? And then we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about big key items that God tells us to let go. Uh, but for you and I, what I really want us to get this way is he says, when you are mature, he says this here in verse 15, he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And when we think about what is he talking about here? He is saying those who are mature know that there is a prize, know that there is a goal that we are pressing towards. So what is the goal that God is calling us to? And this is the goal. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. Maybe you want to take a picture of the screen or maybe you just have great memories. But the goal for you and I, the goal as a believer that he is describing here in this picture is to grow in our knowledge of Christ and to become more like him. We break it and boil it down. The apostle Paul is saying, hey, there's a goal and there is a prize. And the goal is to grow in our knowledge of God. And then he says, I want you to grow to be more like him, to be grow to be more like Christ. If you look at Ephesians chapter four, he says that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And every day I grow to be more and more like him. And we see this truth over and over in scripture that how we dive into the scriptures because this is a direct revelation of who God is. And the more we get to know God, the more we will fall in love with him, the more we obey him, the more that we will continue to take these steps. And so as we grow in our knowledge of God, and then we grow to become more like him because you and I have seen it even all the way back in scripture. If we just grow in our knowledge, that doesn't mean transformation, right? Because we can, we can know all of these different things. If we look at the Pharisees life, I mean, they had these prayer tassels and all of these aspects that show how smart they were and how much they prayed and look how long I fast and they were doing all of this. But God says, hey, I focus on obedience over sacrifice, right? God is saying, I want your heart. I want you to grow in that. So not only growing in knowledge, but he said there's a second piece of growing to be more like Christ. That is the goal. That is the prize. And I'm here to tell you and I that we are created by Christ. And that when we were created in Christ, he put a certain DNA in human beings. That's why when we sin and have fallen away from God, I believe that every human being, there is a void in us that we're trying to fill inside of our hearts. There is a void. They were saying, there's got to be something more to this earth. There's got to be more to this life. I, I believe that I'm not fulfilled. What is it? And we have this inner call and we try to fill it with a, a lot of different things, right? It could be career. It could be money. It could be jobs. It could be relationships. It could be uh, knowledge. It could, I'm trying to fill that void, but the problem is it'll never fulfill us until we follow Christ, until we give our lives to Christ. And then when we give our lives to Christ, wait, that's just the beginning, right? That's just the start. He is saying, now that you have placed your faith in me, I want to help you to grow. Not, only, not just grow anyway, but grow to be more like Christ, grow into his image. And this is the, a truth that I want you and I to realize, that when we grow to become more like Christ, it is the best version of ourselves. When we grow to be more like Christ, 
It is the best version of ourselves. If we look all the way back because God is love. We see this in scripture. God is saying, I know exactly how you're wired in your brain. Does that mean you're all going to be exactly the same? No. But Christ is going to mold us and shape us. He's given you different strengths and different personalities and how all of those come together as the body of Christ, right? Like some are the mouthpiece, some are the ears, some are the eyes, some are the heartbeat and all these different pieces and all of these different aspects. But in our character, right, God wants us to grow into his image. God wants us to help us to walk into that peace. But we won't do that until we realize that this is God's plan for our lives. And in fact, not only that, but he uses some pretty strong language here. He says this. He says, I press on, right, to make it my own. He uses that. He's saying, I want you to lean in. I press in. And the Apostle Paul uses a lot of athletic uh, illustrations and terminology. And he's saying, I, I press in to make it my own. And then, because you and I may begin to think about, well, how, how do we do this? How do we take hold to what God has called us to. How do we take hold of that to grow into the image of Christ? Well, I'm so glad you asked, right? Because we see this here in 2 Peter. In 2 Peter chapter 1, there is this beautiful piece of scripture. Because you and I, it, it can get a little muddy, right? It's, it's kind of like, okay, God, but there's all of these different truths, all of these different ways. How do we grow to be mature in you? How do we grow to be more like you? What does this look like for you and I? And I told you here in Second Peter, there's this, this beautiful progression that God shows you and I of how we can take these steps to grow to be more like Christ, to grow into maturity. Because I don't know about you, but I didn't give my life to Christ. Christ to step back on the sideline and go, okay, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for giving me hope, giving me eternity, giving me all of these promises. And I'm just going to kind of hang back now and just kind of ride the wave into heaven, right? But God is going, no, the closer you get to me, the more you realize I am breathing life and purpose and wisdom and direction into your life. And then he's saying, hey, you can help someone else too. You can help someone else experience this. You can be at the gates of hell going, hey, let's redirect traffic to heaven, right? He's saying, I can use you in these moments. And so you and I have opportunities to step into that, to not only grow into maturity, but you're going to see this progression of he is saying that that growth into maturity will develop into helping others. And so Second Peter chapter one, starting in verse three, everybody still good? It says this, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. This word excellence, keep this in the back of your mind. He's saying, hey, since you've given your life to Christ, he's, you and I received the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, since you have received God dwelling in you, you have all that you need to grow to be more like Christ. All that you need to live this godly life. And he says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Isn't this so clear? He's saying, hey, because God has given us these great precious promises, there are promises that what enable us, equip us to share, this is big, in God's divine 
nature. God is saying, I can help you to grow in your character in Christ that we can not only just live our life here on earth, but he's going to help us to share in God's divine nature of growing to be more like Christ. And then he says this, he says, and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. He's saying, I'm going to equip you to grow to be more like Christ. You're still going to live in the world, but you're not going to be of the world, right? You're going to be able now to navigate the direct and have wisdom in life of going, okay, this is of God. This is not. This is how God created me. This is not, right? And because I'm growing to be more like Christ, this becomes more clear for me as I grow. And then this is where it gets really good. You guys good? All right. In this, in view of all of this, he's saying, because of all that we just talked about, make every effort to respond to God's promises. I love this. You see this language? I press in. Make every effort, right? Every, everything you got to respond, to lean in. He's, he's given us this clue. There's a part for you and I to play, right? That we have to take those steps. We have to lean into it. He says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. He begins to give us this progression in this text, right? And he's actually using a technique, a teaching technique that would have been a very popular during that time. And, he, and it's this progression, almost this stair step, if you will, of growth in faith. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, I, I have grown to love technology. I don't know about you because technology can, a lot of times, can make it a little easier. Sometimes it makes it a little bit more frustrating every once in a while, right? Um, but it, it can also make it easier, right? So when you and I walk into a 12-story, building, we are praising God for an elevator, right? I mean, because that's a lot of stairs to take. We love elevators, right? Because you walk up to the elevator, you press a button, we walk in, sit there awkwardly with the other people in there, right? Press the button and it takes you whoop, right up to the stair that you want to go. And all I had to do was what? Just press the button and I just walk in there, right? And we had that mindset. But you and I, a lot of times, like, I want to grow that way spiritually, right? Like, I'm like, God, can I have an elevator moment here? Like, where I just, like, press the button, and then you do everything else, and I just, whoop, raise right up, right? And just make it that easy. But God is saying, hey, I want to take you on this stairway of faith, right? He's saying that where? Because there's a part for you to take, and there's a step for you to take. And he gives us this progression and how each one of these that we just talked about, we're going to break down here in a second. He's saying every step to one of these that you take is going to set you up for the next step. And you take that step, it's going to set you up for the next step of growth. And when you take that step of growth, it's going to take you to the next step of growth, right? And all of a sudden, because the stairs will start our make to make our faith grow stronger. And as we grow stronger, you'll see that we can grow further into maturity spiritually in our relationship with Christ. And God is saying, hey, I want to help you to grow 
into that, but it takes you and eyes going, you know what? I'm going to press into this. I'm going to run to maturity, right? Like that is the goal. That is the prize is to reach to Jesus, reach to this goal. And then he, he gives us seven uh, steps here that you and I can take. He says the first one here is moral excellence. In the English Standard Version, it uses the word virtue. And that talks about like moral courage. It talks about the pursuit of righteousness. That I, I want to change the character in me, the way I think. And I want to pursue what is right. This moral uh, code, this moral excellence. And as I pursue that. And as Christ begins to do a work in me, because Jesus is perfect, right? Jesus was a fully man, yet fully God. And he is the perfect example as he walked this earth. And so as I grow to be more like him, I'm, I'm walking into righteousness. I'm walking into this moral excellence. And he's saying, and when you take that step of going, I want to pursue righteousness, right? Like I'm pursuing that. I'm taking that step of faith. I'm placing my faith in Jesus. He has saved me, but now I'm going to pursue the right way of living, right? I'm going to pursue that as God directs me in his word. Okay, God, you say that is right. I'm going to take that step towards that righteousness, towards that, right? If God, if you say, hey, I don't need this in my life, I'm going to believe you, God. I'm trusting you towards moral excellence, towards that virtue. I'm going to take that step of faith in that. And then he says, as you take that step, you grow in your knowledge, right? He says moral excellence into knowledge of who God is. We begin to grow in that, right? Of going, wow, I didn't know about this. Have you ever noticed maybe you've been reading the Bible for 30 years and you go back and you read a verse again and you're like, wow, that is amazing, God. I can't believe I've never seen this. It's like the Holy Spirit begins to peel back those layers. And he is saying, I'll keep peeling those layers back. You keep pursuing me. I will keep increasing your knowledge of who I am because God is endless and he's taking us on this journey of going there's so much that I want to show you there's so much that I want to teach you if you will trust me and pursue the righteousness in that so as we have this moral excellence and then he goes I want to help increase your knowledge and then he says as you increase your knowledge what happens next he says you start to receive self Control. The Holy Spirit starts to show you how, if you look at some of the original language in that, it's master of yourself, right? I am yielding to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit starts to produce a spiritual fruit, which is self-control, right? He, all how the Bible works together in these intricate details, and he's saying, you begin, I, I'll start to show you how to walk in self-control. Because sometimes, have you noticed when we're holding on to things from our past, it's harder for us to have self-control? Right? Like because I'm holding on to something that happened to me a long time ago or now I'm bitter, now I'm angry and I just can't even control because you bring that up in me and ah, I just can't control myself. Right? But God is saying, hey, the more you trust me, the more you pursue moral excellence, the more you grow in your knowledge of me, I'm going to help show you how to have that self-control. And as you start to have that self-control, he's, he's got this other step for you and I. He says what? As you have grown this self-control, you will learn to have patient endurance. Amen. I, uh, some patient endurance, right? To stand the test of time, to face the trials of life, because life is not smooth and easy, right? We, we face trials, we face heartaches, and we have all of these bumps in the road for you and I, but he's saying that you'll be able to withstand the patient endurance, and as you faithfully walk through this patient endurance, and anybody in the house been through a hard time before? Been through a rough patch before, right? Like, you're like, yeah, Daniel, I'm, I'm past five years old, right? Like, it happens so quickly. But when you walk through those patient endurance and you look back at what God did during those times, 
You're like, wow, God, you taught me something in that moment. In fact, you, you taught me something about yourself and you taught me something about myself. And now I'm growing. The next step that it shows us here is growing in our godliness, growing in holiness. A lot of times the fire is allowing us to become more pure. And maybe we didn't realize some things in our lives until the trial came, until it all didn't work out the way that we thought, right? And you're like, God, all I'm left is I'm clinging and taking hold to your word and to your truth. And God begins to refine something in us. But it wasn't until we walked through the trial. And we patiently endured it, walking with Christ. And he walked us through it and gave us strength. And then he says this. This is good right here. He said, then through all of those steps, we began to see brotherly affection, right? Brotherly affection. Then he tags it on even at the end there. And he says, brotherly affection with love, right? I love this quote by Dr. Uh, David Jeremiah. It says, everything originates in faith and culminates in love originates in faith and God begins to culminate that in the outward expression is the genuine affection, right? Brotherly affection to those who are in Christ and the genuine love for the people who are around us. People begin to sense that we're different because we've been through some things. We've patiently endured because God has changed us. He has allowed us to pursue this righteousness and all of a sudden our lives begin to look different because we're growing in maturity in Christ. We're pursuing. I'm running towards this promise. I'm running towards this truth. And I want to read this last piece of verse because it's going to set us up for the next three weeks. And then we're going to take communion together um, as just a reminder of what God has done in our lives and the direction that he has called us to. But there's this verse, collection of verses in Hebrews chapter 12. And if you read Hebrews uh, chapter 11, they call it the hall of faith. And they start listing all of these people who did incredible feats for Jesus. Elijah and Elisha and, and Noah and all of these people that we read in the Old Testament. And they just start listing them over and over again. Look at their faith. Look at their faith. Look at their faith. And then in uh, chapter 12, he uses the first two verses and he says, therefore. So he's saying in, in light of the hall of faith, in light of all these people, they ran towards maturity. They wanted all the righteousness they could get. They wanted as much as Jesus as they could get. And they ran towards being uh, more like Christ, more like God. And then it says this, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. There it is again. He's saying there's some things you and I have to let go of, right? We have to neglect. We have to believe for. And let us run. Come on, somebody. With endurance, the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand throne of God. He is saying the prize and the goal is Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He has saved us. He has chained us, changed us, but he also gives us a purpose and a hope of going, I want to grow you into maturity. And if you trust me and keep your eyes on me, I'm going to help you take each and every step. But it takes the moment for us to go, you know what, God, I'm pressing in now. 
I'm pressing in, God. I'm, I'm pursuing you no matter where we are in our walk with Christ. We could have got saved yesterday, right? We could not be saved yet, but you're saying, I want to give my life to Christ. Or we could be saved for 60 years and God is going, hey, let's take another step. Let me show you something. Let me walk you into this moment. But it's you and I saying, you know what, God? I want more of you. I want to press in to this because I believe the best version of myself is when I'm growing to be more like you, Jesus. I feel like there's something more. I feel like you're drawing me in. It's because he is. He's drawing you in. He is saying, I have something for you. I want you to live this fulfilling life that all the turmoil could be happening all around you, but yet you still feel fulfilled. You're walking all this turmoil that can happen in life, but yet you still have peace. You still have joy. You can still have genuine love, even out of everything that you have been through, right? Because I received my love from Christ and not my circumstances. I received my joy from Christ. And not what's going on around me. He's saying, those who are mature, let them think this way of running towards Jesus. Of opening our eyes to his heart and his truth. And so that's my prayer for you and I today. Is we're getting ready to go on a three-week journey together. Of things that God wants us to let go of, right? Because the prize is to be more like Jesus. The prize is to to reach and pursue him, to grow in our knowledge of him. But he is saying, set aside every weight because we're about to run, right? Set aside every, right? Because we have to endure and you don't need those things holding you back. But it takes you and I going, you know what? I'm running to maturity. I'm not walking. I'm not crawling like Jesus. I want you. I got everything I have, all of my heart, all of my mind. I'm I'm moving all of that towards you, Jesus. I'll do a mighty work in me. And that's my prayer for us is to say, God, I want you to take us on this journey. I want you to grow us no matter where we are, no matter who we are. God, I, I'm trusting you. I'm yielding to you. I, wanna, I want you to continue to, to grow me and allow me to find this newfound maturity in Christ, no matter where I am in him as we take those steps and We take those steps together. Amen. We can celebrate these things. It doesn't matter where we are, right? It could be the moment we give our lives to Christ. Us and the angels are celebrating. It could be, hey, I'm taking my first step of faith and I'm going to get baptized. We're celebrating, right? We're going to jump in. Maybe my first step of faith, I'm opening up the spiritual discipline of reading God's word. Or maybe somebody in here lets something go from their past for the first time. And we're celebrating. Maybe somebody in the room believes a truth over a lie that has been spoken over you your entire life for the first time. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to celebrate the fact that we are growing in maturity in Christ. And Jesus is saying, I have that. I have these promises, right? He says it over and over again that I want you to walk into. And so the worship team is going to come up and uh, they're going to play some nice, uh, beautiful light music behind me. Right, Jacob? Very good. And... um, We're going to pray. We're going to ask God just to speak to our hearts. And just as the title of a message today is for you and I to say, you know what? I'm going to run. I'm going to run to maturity. And my prayer is because I'm not the Holy Spirit, right? And all of us in here could be at different places in our life with Christ. And so my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will start to reveal what steps you need to take. 
Maybe for you in the house, you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you're saying, you know what, Daniel? I, I never realized, maybe I'm hearing this for the first time online or in the room, that I need to give my life to Christ. I need to place my faith, what I believe, in Jesus. And so I would encourage you today that it, all, what it, the Bible says that if we believe in our heart that Christ died on the cross, we believe in our heart that he rose again on the third day, if we believe that we are sinful and we can't get to God except through Jesus, if we realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him, if we realize that, we can place our faith, our belief in that. And maybe you want to do that today. And I just want to say a prayer with you. And then I'd love for you, maybe you want to fill that connect card out or just connect with me right after service. Say, Daniel, hey, uh, I gave my life to Christ. And I want to help you take the next step of what that looks like because that's just the beginning. He wants to take us all on this journey of spiritual maturity, of growing to be more like Christ. Amen? So let's pray together. If you've never placed your faith in Christ, I just want to lead you through this prayer right now. Just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I believe that Jesus is God. God, I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. And I believe that he rose again. God, I, I have sin in my life and I'm disconnected from you. And I ask that you would save me. And I ask that you would change me forever. If you prayed that prayer here this morning, I'd love for you to make, just fill the Connect card out. Connect with us in the Connect Center there. We'd love to help you. We'd love to celebrate with you. But then I just want to pray for us as a church. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for your word, your truth, your power, your grace in our lives. Thank you that you don't just leave us where we are, but you save us, you change us, you give us a new identity, a new hope. But then you continue to grow us into your image, God. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal things in our life that we're holding on to. God, I pray that we can trust you that over the next few weeks we can let go of some of those things, God, so that we can run towards maturity, run towards what you want to do in us, God, that we will press in, that we will lean in, that we will take hold of the life that you have called us to, God. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. We're getting Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.